Hey guys, and welcome to The Messy Table, where life is definitely not perfect, but God is always, always at work. I'm your host, Jen Jewell, and I first just want to say happy almost December. Christmas month kicks off tomorrow, which might bring you great joy or totally stress you out at the thought of crazy schedules and financial strain. The good news is we get to choose how we enter December, and I'm praying and believing that this podcast will help us, myself included, refocus and remember what it's all about which is the miracle of God becoming human to dwell with us so that ultimately we can be with him forever. Nearly 3,000 years ago, God used a man named Isaiah to write down a bunch of prophecies about a coming Messiah, one of which is found in Isaiah 7:14, and it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The awesome thing is, we were born at such a time in history when we're not waiting for this prophecy to be fulfilled because it already happened, and it was documented in what we now call the four Gospels. Now we can spread the good news about our Savior who came in the flesh, died a real death, rose again, and is coming back to redeem His prized creations, us. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. All right, if this is your first time in this highly imperfect space, know that I'm a people person and an extrovert, so I truly wish you were right here in front of me sipping coffee with your shoes kicked off. But since that can't happen at this very moment, know that I'm honored to be in your earbuds or speakers as you're out running errands or getting some work done or scrubbing dishes with a toddler clinging to your leg. No matter where you've been or what you've done, there's a seat for you at this proverbial messy table. And speaking of, this is the 20th episode after launching last March and sharing these meaningful conversations bi-weekly ever since. And I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate than inviting some of my dear friends from my inner circle to join me today. Everybody needs a village, and I want to give you a peek into mine. In fact, we're taking this episode to the next level. We actually bypassed the messy table and went straight for the floor. That's how we roll. If you hear noises out of the ordinary, it's because there are several small children, newborn babies, and a dog, and a partridge in a pear tree in the background. And we're not even sorry. So please welcome Christy Ivey, Lindsay McKee, Ashley Kleinsmith, Lacey Stewart, and Kat Robinson. These are life-giving voices who not only speak into my everyday life, but real women who are daring to follow Jesus in this upside-down world. As you'll hear, they have different personalities, very different stories, and that's a part of the beauty. We chat about some lighter things like how to have friends as adults and how to keep Jesus at the center of Christmas, to heavier things they've walked through like foster care, infertility, and marriage struggles. There's something powerful that happens when we allow our untold stories to be used and redeemed by God, and I hope they'll be a blessing to you today. One extra fun thing we're doing as we enter into a season of giving is a giveaway. I have two baskets full of goodies, earrings, books, lotions. All the details to enter are at the end of this episode and in the conversation notes on my website. But right now, grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. Hi, friends. Hey. All right, so how do we explain how our friendship began? Well, it started with our husbands in college. college. Kind of college. (laughs) They were roommates, but then some people married in. Yeah, I totally inherited the entire mess, which is pretty amazing. (laughs) And the group really turned into like vacations and well, back when we all raising took babies together. Yes. Now children. it's like, yeah, how many kids can we fit into one? It's like cabinet? a big life group over a decade, yes. decade and a half. And we all live yes. in different towns, so it's yeah, yeah. It's be pretty we're all in couples of two, two yep. each town, <laughs> three different cities. We all go to different life churches, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. There's 18 kids between us, so it's crazy. Yeah, I want everyone to hear who they're hearing from. So Ash, will you start with some introductions? Who are you? What are you about? Well, my name is Ashley Kleinsmith, and I'm married to Braun. We have been for 11 years. We have Estelle and Isley, who are seven and four, respectively, two little girls. A fun fact about me is that I've been a Mary Kay consultant for 18 years, and we love to vacation in Colorado in really super remote areas, so most people find those two things pretty opposite from each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you get to Great. vacation sometimes because of Mary Kay. You went to like Rome and, and Alaska. Alaska. Yes, that was remote too. But we had all the trappings <laughs> of a five-star vacation. Sure. Well, I'm Kat Robinson, and Mike and I just celebrated eight years this week. And on our anniversary, we went to the dump to <laughs> out the barn. True story. We're very romantic people, but we are in love still. And we have a five, four, and two, Bo, Paisley, and Wyatt. And... 
I peddle vegetables that I grow from my garden. There's a fun fact. <laughs> and Kat was on episode number two, and so she's in several circles of mine. Yes. Jen can't get away from me. I am Lindsay McKee. I am married to Brett. We've been married for a little over 10 years. We have four kids. Kinley is seven, Carson is six, Cambry is three, and we have a foster son who is one. Hey, and a fun fact about me is that I homeschool my two big kids three days a week. They go to a school two days a week, and then we, I homeschool them the other three days. Super mom. Yes, for sure. I'm Christy. I'm married to Adam. We've been married um, 13 years. We have four kids. Cooper, who's nine. Paige is six. Sadie is three, about to be four. And then we have a seven-week-old little girl named Brighton. Who, if you heard crying right now, that's her. That's <laughs> right. That's her all the she time, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, a fun fact about me is I've lived in five different states in another country, and I never heard the name of Jesus, except for maybe a cuss word, until I moved to Oklahoma. I'm also a labor and delivery nurse, and I've been in labor and delivery for 12 years, and um, that's a very rewarding and interesting job at times. <laughs> she got to be my nurse for baby Britain. It was yes. the best experience ever. Oh, yeah, that is so one of the best things about my job is getting to take care of my friends and family members for sure. And, you, have, a lot of and cool, you have some interesting stories. Yes. A lot of cool baby names. <laughs> what are the uh, new what's names? The newest name? <laughs> my, my favorite was when you had the twins that were named Prince and Princess. Always a good one. Wow. It's a classic. Yep. <laughs> it's a total classic. My name's Lacey Stewart, and I am married to Darren um, almost 11 years next month, and we have three children. We have a set of twins, Braxton and Brody, that are five, and then a new baby girl, Britton, that is um, two months old. And a fun fact right now is I lost my voice, so I sound a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about adult friendships in this stage of life. We're really close. We've been close for years. What do you think the secret is? I think it's that we know at any moment we could call each other up and we'd be Mm -hmm. at each other's doorsteps, which has happened, Mm -hmm. um, with kind of a no questions asked and no facades either. Mm -hmm. It's we can come as we are and be transparent and call each other out, love each other, or cry with each other at any point. Yes, that's my favorite part, is we can love each other through the pretty and the ugly Mm -hmm. without feeling like we're judged. We know that, like she said, at any moment, they're going to be here for us, and whether it's good or bad. I listened to a Stephen Furtick message, and he talked about how you have friends that will ride the limo with you, but, you know, when the limo breaks down, who are the friends that are going to ride the bus with you? And you guys are my best friends who are going to ride the bus when the limo breaks down. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the common denominators are the same, too. We all love God. We all have Christian families who kind of want to look the same, so the goal is kind of the same thing. So that helps, you know, pull us back to the mm-hmm. middle. It really helps that our husbands are friends and that we are friends, and mm-hmm. so we can. it makes it easy to just all of us get together. Mm-hmm. And it's intentional. Mm-hmm. We choose to check in. I'm so glad that my phone finally accepts group texts because there was like a five-year period where you guys so were texting and I didn't know. And then I thought, we get this just... one off from yeah. Ashley. <laughs> right, right. Hey, Do guys. you guys still like me? <laughs> so there was this conversation going on I never knew about. And then all of a sudden I went, oh, group texting, this is great. <laughs> Welcome. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So way back in college, you know, I like to take credit for setting people up, but we really did set Brett and Lindsay up. (laughs) You did. (laughs) That's one that I can say for sure. We really did. And that was kind of the start of traveling together. You want to travel with. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. We, yeah. So we started going fishing. We used to go to this place called Rockbridge, And so we would kind of call us the Rockbridge group. And, um, but that started. And, and so when we set Brett and Lindsay up, what was it, a Valentine's? It was a cheer Valentine's Banquet. party. Party, yeah. And so I wanted to get Lindsay a date because she was going to go with Derek and I. And I <laughs> asked Brett, I'm like, hey, you want to go to this party with a pretty girl? He was like, eh, I don't know. I said, well, there's food. And he said, okay. And then <laughs> that, that was, was it. it. <laughs> That was it. So, so on that note, hard. my husband likes to take credit for your relationship. That's as well. true. He introduced us. And I remember riding around in a car one day just talking about you. I was in the backseat. They were talking. I was listening. So I kind of got to be a fly on the wall. So it was neat to see that relationship unfold. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jen, actually the first time we met, 
Um, I knew we'd be lifelong friends because we I had to borrow your panties. You did. <laughs> because mine. Not just we my swimming. panties. It yes. was also a shirt and shorts. That's but right. And we had gone swimming and we just skipped I a couple an steps. Extra pair. Yeah. We'd gone to the lake, yeah, and you were soaked. <laughs> Good gosh. Um, okay. Um, so you're saying that the oh. key to lifelong friendships is sharing underwear? Probably. Sharing underwear, Probably, for sure. Yeah. Okay. But it's one of also something I thought was important was relating our friendships, like your closest friendships to like back in the Old Testament and how it explains the different areas of the temple. You know, you have the outer court where anyone could come. You have acquaintances, people at school that you talk to. Then you have the inner court, which are friends and people that might come over for playdates and whatnot. But then you have like the Holy of Holies and there's only a select few that can access this part. Um, there's Trust is high there. Friendship is rich. There's a deep spiritual connection that pushes each other closer to Christ. And I feel like that's what's important in friendship. And that's what we have. And I'm grateful for that, for sure, for each one of you. I like that comparison. It's true. Mm -hmm. Something else I was thinking about is the importance of the biblical community is just pointing each other back to the word. And, okay, well, this is the truth that we've chosen to stand on. And so I know that you'll agree with me here even if it's hard to hear. And then, you know, we truly are like the five people that we choose to spend the most time with. That time is so rich with conversation and uplifting. And, you know, it it feels like we do community. We would really like to move into the same (laughs) cul-de-sac, but we know each other. We know who, who we be when we get together and it's such a safe haven. Well, and we have constant communication. So I think, you know, because of technology, we can talk. Yeah. We can talk all the time. We're going through the best Jess book right now and texting each other, chatting about what we're learning. And so, yep, it's definitely special. All right. So we're coming into the Christmas season right now. And I know that it gets really crazy and it's kind of hard to keep the main thing, the main thing. So what are some traditions that you guys have or how do you keep Christ at the center? One thing that we do on Christmas day, um, we make a cake for Jesus, a happy birthday cake and sing happy birthday to Jesus because Christmas morning can be so crazy that Mm -hmm. we make sure we focus on him on his special day. And then just throughout the Christmas season, continuously reading the story and just reminding our kids that that's why we celebrate Christmas. It's not about all the gifts and everything, Mm -hmm. that those are fun things, but the true reason is Jesus. One of our favorite traditions is we stop everything, probably five, ten days in a row in the evening, and we make hot cocoa or we go get hot cocoa and we drive around and look for Christmas lights. We find our favorites, so we go back. And a couple years in a row, the girls would get so excited, and we wouldn't be out of the driveway, and they'd be asleep. <laughs> it's so fun. So it's it's just something we've done. But then serving at church and going to church, making sure that those two things happen. And the way that Life Church does it, we, we have an opportunity to do that prior to Christmas, which means then we can go spend time with our families, and we got to do the most important thing first. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of years, um, we've done a little family devotional called A Meaningful Christmas, just in the evenings. And it can be five or ten minutes. It's nothing fancy. But um, we've just tried to do that as a family. And then one other thing that we do is try to do like a random act of kindness almost every day in December. And it can just be like, we'll pick up hot chocolate from Starbucks and go take it to the Salvation Army bell ringers or baking treats for the firemen or just something that focuses on giving to other people so my kids don't think as much about getting. It's all about giving. Yeah. Yes. That's really good. That's good. One year you brought that up, and I don't remember if this was something you did, but I loved the idea of that. So we went around and taped coins. I think it, you did it, maybe. Or um, we taped coins to soda machines in the hospital so that if someone wanted a treat or, you know, and we did it on the baby floor. So someone came out and was waiting, there would just be money there for them to get school. I've heard of that and like taping dollars to at the dollar store to like kids toys. So, you know, kids walking through. So just trying to find like little things, not expensive, not elaborate. Yes. But just trying to, you can even print off um, a certain Bible verse and like tape it with it to where it's not just money, but it's also, this is, this has a purpose. Because mm-hmm. we also oh, have like a big idea. bag of candy canes throughout the month. And anytime we go through the drive-thru or Walmart or anything, my kids love to hand a candy cane to the person that's checking us out. And we'll 
has like a little Bible verse on it and a church invite if we're around Stillwater. It's a good idea. I always also try to get a angel tree child or a family that is the same age as my kids Mm -hmm. and then they get to go shopping for them so that way they can relate to the kid and we can Mm -hmm. talk about how we're helping others and in the giving spirit like Jesus that it's like Lindsay said not all about us and what we get it's about Mm -hmm. giving. We did that this morning actually and we pick out presents that are four-year-old little girl, seven-year-old little girl. So I took my four-year-old and she, um, oh mom, if I were getting this gift, I would really like this gift. (laughs) And so we filled our basket with things for a four-year-old. And then she would tell me all the reasons why this, this little kid that we're going to send this shoebox to on the other side of the world Mm -hmm. is going to love it. And was she good then with giving it away? Yes. Good. We've done this enough that she knew that this trip was really not about her. I remember doing that when Jack was little and we picked out a bunch of stuff and he was like, oh, they'll love it. And then when it was time to send it, he was like, oh, but I want it. Right. Such a hard concept for... It is. So I don't care whether people do Santa or don't do Santa. I'm not anti-Santa at all. But whenever Hallie was two and a half, so she was still really young, I'll never forget Derek and I were driving and she was in the back seat in her car seat. And out of the blue, she said, Mommy, Daddy, is Santa real like Jesus is real? And I was like, whoa, well, I didn't plan on um, answering this question right now. And we plan- I grew up doing Santa. I planned on doing Santa. But at that point, I was like, well, I'm not going to lie to you when you ask directly. And so we had that conversation. And so even though my kids technically haven't really believed in Santa, they know that Santa and Frosty the Snowman and the lights and the treats and the parties and all the fun stuff that goes with Christmas, we just simplify it and say that this is all a big birthday party for Jesus. And that's why we do gifts. And we talk about the real, you know, St. Nick and that he was generous, like we're supposed to be generous. And so that's one thing that we do. And it wasn't necessarily by um, planning ahead, but just kind of by default of circumstance. So Mm -hmm. we kind of do a combination of a few of the things you guys have mentioned. Like we've done a birthday cake for Jesus. And especially with little kids, I feel like that draws a picture because they're used to going to birthday parties by the time they're very little. They understand what that is. But we also just for the most part do less. We don't spend very much money. We don't go to everything we're ever invited to. We just kind of pull way back because I felt like for years, even before we had kids, some kind of a gift buyer too. So I want it to be like this specific thing and I'm stressing myself smooth out <laughs> trying to get a perfect gift for someone who doesn't even know it's coming. Like I was buying, you know, not even necessarily spending that much money, but just I put so much pressure on myself to get these all right that Christmas was terrible. The month of December was terrible mm-hmm. and that's all on me. I don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. That doesn't mean that I don't love these people. That doesn't mean that this is not what's important and I definitely don't want my kids, you know, even if I spend the month talking about Jesus, they're still watching me go to the store every day. You know, your actions speak a lot louder. So I tried to make a big distinction where we have just really not let culture define our busyness that month. So, I you love know, if that. we do special yes. stuff, that's a big deal. But we don't have to do all the things. We just don't. One thing I try to do is do a lot of the shopping before Thanksgiving yeah. for the same reason. So you can like, enjoy it. I don't like to be right. ordering stuff and right. buying stuff and running right. to the store for presents the whole month mm-hmm. of December. And so I try to get a lot of the shopping done before Thanksgiving so then we can just focus the month right. of Christmas. Do you guys try to do like a set number, like three gifts or anything like that for your kids to where there's we a limit? We kind of plan on it, really... but I think we haven't to this point because they were all so young they didn't care that much. Like, I just now have a five-year-old and he, mm-hmm. you know. And they get so many things it. from other people. Right. Yes. So we even, didn't yes. do gifts a few years. Yes. Mm-hmm. And our friends do. I love this idea. Something to, something they want something they need, something to wear, and something to read. They just do the four gifts. That's what Brett's parents did for our kids last year. So the want, they only get one instead of every commercial that's on is on the (laughs) wish list. Right. We try to wrap up books pertaining to Jesus and the Christmas story. We'll wrap up like seven books. And so the week before Christmas, we'll open up a present and read a story and the kids like it because they're like all it's a children's books yeah, and, yeah, someone gets and can you use books and... that you already have and just wrap oh, them yeah. up always yeah. do you use the same ones every year no not every not the same ones but, but they probably forget they forget <laughs> you, know, you could use right? the same ones yeah. technically they don't mind kids can read books a trillion times yeah. and not care yes. if it's mm-hmm. the same one or not but they love that okay so I want to know what is something in your life that's gotten messy but you've seen God work through it Well, Brett and I have been fostering for almost two years next month, and fostering can definitely be messy at times. Mm -hmm. It can be hard, but it's it's good in the hardness. Well, you've really gotten to share your story 
about 40 times a week because people ask yeah, multiple sure. times. We all want to know separately mm-hmm. and then together. And so everyone's always asking, how's it going? How are you doing? Do you need anything? What's mm-hmm. the next step? Yeah, it's kind of a roller curious. coaster of emotions. Yes, yeah, definitely a roller coaster of and emotions. How many, how many kids have you had? We've had three <clears throat> kids over the course of two years. We had one little boy from seven months to 17 months. And then we had a newborn baby girl for about a week. And then we have the little boy we have right now. Um, we've had him for a little over a year. I just think it's so amazing, too, when each each child comes into your home, how much you and Brett, it is like that child was yours from day one. Mm-hmm. Like, the love you guys give to these children is just inspiration to us, for sure. Like, I love watching you guys love these children. easy to get attached and hard to see them leave. So yes. Well, you're the baby whisperer anyway, Yes, but I agree with what Lacey said, that you just immediately take them in like they're your own and it's no different. And I imagine that that's exactly what God would want to see his people do in, I mean, in a fallen world where mom and dad aren't available right. in these situations. It's not always an ideal situation. I mean, right. but a very good reason for your heart to break. Yeah, for sure. What's been the most surprising thing? Just kind of the roller coaster of emotions of things change from day to day, caseworker to caseworker, um, the court dates, and even just the people in and out of your house. All good things, but mm-hmm. part of it, yeah. just part of it. So, what's been the hardest thing, and what has have you found kind of unexpected joy in it? I think the hardest thing is just seeing the situations that some of these kids come from, and whether they go home or not. It's just not always ideal. It's right. not the best situation and really what we find the most joy in is just giving the kids a loving home and just loving them like they're our own just getting to love them when we have them and just taking it a day at a time Mm -hmm. so what would you tell someone who's maybe thinking about fostering what would be your word of advice I mean definitely pray about it make sure you and your husband are on the same page there's never going to be the perfect time so you might just have to jump in it's kind of like having a baby there is no perfect right. time. You can't plan. You can't <laughs> wait till all your ducks yeah, are in a row. Right. One thing that we really worried about when we were in the talking about doing it stage was what effect is it going to have on our other kids? Like, mm. we don't want to hurt them. We don't want them to be negatively impacted. But we kind of came to the conclusion that there might be heartbreak in it when kids leave, but God can use that to shape them That's who right. they are. I think it's really helped develop them mm-hmm. into I mean, loving, more compassionate. And right. yes, when kids leave, it's heartbreaking for everybody, but God can use that. We don't know how, but... And maybe it's a good heartbreak. Like we're supposed right. to take risks and we we're supposed protect. to love till it hurts. You right. know? We can't yeah. protect our kids from every heartbreak. So maybe this is, like you said, a good heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it gives them more compassion. Yes. And them seeing their parents doing God's work, mm-hmm. you know? And even if they don't understand now, right. they will one they day. They will later when mm-hmm. they get older. And on the flip side, you know, the, the kids you're fostering, maybe their parents can see God shining through you and Brett and how you've cared for their children while they're maybe getting their mess together. Right. And you guys are open to adoption. So if God ever led you in that direction with one of your foster kids, okay. then you're open to that. For sure. We'll just have to kind of see how everything plays out. But yes, if there's been a kid in our home and they become available for adoption, then we would definitely pursue that. You guys are amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about a time where things have been messy, I mentioned that I've been married for 13 years and I'm so happily married. But after 13 years, as many of y'all know that are married, there can be times or situations that you go through that are messier than others. And so um, I have caused a mess in our marriage at a specific time. Although heartbreaking, God has redeemed every single piece of it. And I would say our marriage is stronger than it was before. Mm-hmm. Y'all have all heard stories or been at the beach when, you know, you're playing out in the water and you kind of get distracted playing and then you look up and you're 50 yards from where you were mm-hmm. and, you know, not really caring. You go back to playing and without any caution and then before you know it, you look up and you're a long way off from where you were. And basically, I feel like if you're not on guard spiritually, that's what can happen in your marriage if if you don't intentionally spend time with Jesus or intentionally engage with your spouse mm-hmm. or, you know, you're not pursuing things that God would have you pursue. Mm-hmm. That it's baby step after baby step. You can look up and you've gotten way off track from where you ever intended to be. 
And, and I think this is when Satan attacks too. He plays on your vulnerabilities, vulnerabilities from whatever it may be, your upbringing or things like that. And then you get into an even deeper place than you ever thought you would want to be. Um, and you start believing lies and kind of lying to yourself and lying to others. And you, you think when you're saved that you're spiritually kind of immune to, mm-hmm. to situations like these. But I think that, you know, we all have to be aware that daily we have to renew our mind and daily we have to put on the armor of Christ and protect what's feeding us spiritually and really just be on guard. The devil's not going to stop coming after you just because we're, you know, believers. Right. He's not going to quit. Mm-hmm. I think we get comfortable, and I think that was what also helped. Not that you ever want to see someone else struggle, but it opens your eyes in your own marriage too, thinking that you do have to protect your marriage every day, mm-hmm. and we do get comfortable, right. and it is something we have to fight for on a regular basis. Absolutely. So true. I mean, but I'll never forget when you guys were struggling. So we always spend New Year's together. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget. It's like makes me want to cry thinking yes. about it. But just, so we were all together and you guys didn't come. And um, so we're all like huddled around in a circle. On a hotel bed. Yes. <laughs> With the kids. Eating in. caramel corn. <laughs> kids in other hotel rooms. With baby, With baby monitors. monitors. <laughs> With baby monitors. We called that room the lounge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but just praying and yeah. we looked up and it was like 1203 and that's how we rang in the new year. And that's I mean, I think right. that's such a good example of when you're in community with each other, it's so much easier to fight for each other because yeah. it's like a part of you. Yeah. I mean, I would be in the shower just crying out to God, like God just help restore their marriage. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was so faithful, but again, I think that when you are close to people, it's not hard. You don't feel like you're serving. You don't even feel like you're going out of your way. You feel like it's a part of you and you need help, Mm -hmm. you know? And we definitely felt that from each one of you in here when we were going through our rough time, you know, we felt like you guys were there. You were going to see us through it regardless of what happened, but you were going to set us on the right track, speak truth into us. I think I probably got probably 50 text messages a day between all of you guys of verses and what God is doing and just people showing you, you know, even if everything doesn't work out how you planned, you know, even if everything goes downhill, like we, we have you, mm-hmm. but besides that, if everyone walked away, you have God, a God who loves you where you are in your mess and can redeem every little piece of your mess mm-hmm. and make beauty from ashes. Um, yes. God is a God of resurrection. He can resurrect any dead situation, including a, a dead marriage, um, a dead friendship, whatever, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And we saw that. So what do you feel thing. like, um, got you through it? Gosh, I mean, being alone with God, I really felt, you know, when you go through a trial and you are seeking God with all of your heart and you're praying for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, for you to hear his words and it's amazing how you'll see God speak to you through little things that you might not have noticed in all the rush of everything before. Mm-hmm. Um, so really just slowing down, reading his word, spending time in his word because it is a lifeline. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys were huge in that. I think friends to speak truth to you, to cry with you, to just talk through things with, with you all the time. And mentors. I've got a wonderful mentor that I meet with. Once a month, sometimes we go a little bit longer depending on how busy life is, but just someone older and wiser and who's maybe been down some of the the roads we've been down um, to kind of show you what God's plan is or, you know, what God can do or speak God's truth to you. Christian counseling has been wonderful and my counselor reminds me of Jesus in a way. He just kind of (laughs) sits in a chair and... He's so loving, like you can say the most shocking thing to him with Adam and I sitting there and he always approaches everything with like a loving manner. It's never, what the heck were you thinking or, mm-hmm. you know. So even though you guys hit that bump and it was mm-hmm. a bump, a bump. Um, where do you feel like you are now? Do you feel like now you still are set back or do you feel like that God has just restored that better than new? I feel like God's restored that better than new. Um, since then we've had... Another baby, um, we named her Brighton because she's just a picture of God's bright grace, just getting something that maybe I didn't deserve. And so um, I feel like we're in a, a really 
great spot, but you know, that's something that I never want to take for granted. I don't want to just put it on autopilot and cruise from here. I think it's something that you have to, like I said earlier, be on guard and really pray for your marriage, pursue your marriage, even when you don't want to at times and, um, protect it. I'm a huge lover of people. And I think that in the past, has gotten me in trouble in a way. I mean, I don't think it's wrong to be a lover of people. Jesus loves people and we want to be like that, but out of the right circumstances that can be detrimental. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you can't neglect your marriage. Yeah. yeah, Having good boundaries has been something that, you know, I've had to learn over the years and has been hard for me just because, you know, when I meet someone, I just want to be all in and be friends regardless. And I'm a huge people pleaser. And so saying no is hard or, that's been huge, but I really do feel like God has, or I feel closer to God now than I ever have in my life. And I feel like, like our marriage is a testament to that. It is. My husband is amazing. I mean, he has shown me the love of Christ more than anyone has. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just grateful. We're grateful for you guys. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we talked in the beginning about our community and what it is, you know, what, what it takes for a biblical community. And that was just an example of a group of people who've done life together fighting for you because we love you. I feel like I wish I had known when I was a teenager, what guard your heart meant. Do you not mm-hmm. feel like that would have saved you right. a lot of trouble? Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, with boys, obviously, but like your marriage, your friends, like everything in your kids. I feel like guarding that is such an important thing, whatever stage of life you're in that, you know, nothing is just a given, you know, mm-hmm. even if you have a solid marriage right now, you have to keep working on that. That mm-hmm. doesn't just get taken away. I mean, like you said, it's not like, it's like everybody's intentions are to stay married. Your intentions right. are to protect your kids. Nobody but wakes you, up and says, right. But if you don't put be intentionality married. behind that, it's so, it just doesn't happen that way. The devil's working against you, even when we're not paying attention. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's true to all of us. I think um, walking through that with you guys has made all of us do a heart check. I'm yes. sure it has. Like when mm-hmm. you go home and you like, okay, what am I not paying attention to? What right. if we not, oh look, we haven't been on a date this month. Let's try mm-hmm. that. You know, right. like just. Cause it could happen to it any, can. It really any of can. us could. Like you said, I love your example at the beach. Cause we've all done that. Mm-hmm. If you've been to the beach, Everybody you know, drifts. to where yeah. you look yeah. up and all of a sudden you can't even see your beach chairs. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, yeah, without intentionality, without staying alert, you're going to drift. Right. Yeah. And I think you get into trouble when you think, well, I'd never do that. You know, they might do that, but that could never happen to me or Mm -hmm. our marriage. But I think that's, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's an eye opener. Like it can happen to anybody. And then also just the reminder, you know, if someone's listening and and maybe your marriage isn't where you want it to be, or if you've walked down a path that you didn't plan on walking down, just that there is hope Mm -hmm. in Jesus, um, but you can't stay isolated. You need to get people around you who are going to speak truth. You need to be in the word because transparency, yeah, to be transparent because we can't know the enemy's schemes unless we know God's voice. We can't differentiate them Mm -hmm. unless we are accustomed to knowing what what he's speaking to us. Mm-hmm. Find your friends who will ride the bus with you. Right. Yes, my best friend. I like that. And the ones you want to be like. Right. That's, right. Right. That's exactly right. When I think of messy, a time in our lives, we, like I said, we have three children. However, we did pray and go through a lot to get them. They're all three IVF babies. So, and I think back to the beginning when, you know, everyone's getting pregnant and then you're not and you go to the doctor. And you get a diagnosis. You probably wanted to be pregnant yesterday. Mm -hmm. So it's heartbreaking. And you feel alone and things like that. So I think like the first was probably the hardest for me Mm -hmm. because I didn't know what to do. I wanted to be a mom and someone tells you that's going to be a little difficult. So um, one thing that I did was because a lot of people don't talk about fertility. um, It's a hush hush sometimes just because it's a private thing. It's your body. You know, you really don't know what's going on. And so people just don't talk about it a whole lot. But I needed to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I needed prayers. I needed to walk that journey, I guess. Mm -hmm. I just needed to be open about it. So we did. We were... We were open about it, and all of you girls were there praying for us. And each time we went to the doctor, you know, you'd either get good news or bad news. But I always kept hope. I never felt like God was telling me I wasn't going to have a baby. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it looked like. If we would adopt a baby, if we would have our own. But I just had hope because I knew he was going to give me a child. And so as we went through our journey, 
I just prayed all the time. That was my like grace. And kind of like Craig talked about, I didn't really know this is what I was doing, but once I heard the message a couple months ago, that if it's, if you can't change your situation, you have to change your perspective. And so I feel like that's what I did. I started looking forward to every appointment I went to because it was one step closer in the direction I wanted to get. Even if it was bad news, well, we know that that could be our problem. So now we can move forward or that didn't work, but what's the next step for us? We searched out different options while we were doing fertility as well. We even met with a girl about adopting her baby, Mm -hmm. you know, and God closed that door and it was heartbreaking to me, but God had a plan. Mm -hmm. And so at the time it was heartbreaking. Now I can see why God didn't allow that because he had a different plan. There was times that something wouldn't work out and I'd come home and Darren and I would have a breakdown. So walking through the journey with him and him being by my side at all times and listening to me cry or saying it's okay... But then we could go on. I will say a, a thing that you, I mean, maintained throughout the whole journey was you guys were so loving towards us. Who, and our kids. Yeah, us and our kids and everyone who got pregnant. You were genuinely excited. It wasn't yeah. a show you had to put on or a facade that, you know, you were trying to put up so we would just believe it. You genuinely didn't struggle with bitterness. Which I thanked God for that because... Well, Lacey was a mom before she was a mom. (laughs) She babysat my kid for a long time. I really give all the credit to God for that because I didn't want anyone else to go through the struggle I was going through. Um, So it didn't make me sad to see someone else pregnant. I was happy for them. I wanted the same thing, but I was truly happy for all my friends and yes we didn't catch friends on round one of babies but we caught them on round two <laughs> so you know luckily your friends usually have more than one child and so we weren't alone having babies and some of your friends have four babies so it's good <laughs> so I think that it was I did find joy in going but I think it was when I changed my perspective mm-hmm. and really enjoyed the process we did four IUIs that were unsuccessful and a friend sent me flowers and it had um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven on it, and I hung it on my mirror, and I just read it daily, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, I knew he had a plan. I didn't know what his plan was, but he had a plan, mm-hmm. and I understand the struggle of everyone tells you it's going to be in God's perfect timing, which, yes, my babies came in God's perfect timing. Did I understand that when I was going through the journey? No, but I can see it now. And I think that when you go through a journey like this, you have to embrace it because it's part of your story. Yes, it was hard and I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but I wouldn't change it for anything because I feel like God put me through it to walk through the journey with other women. Mm -hmm. I've met so many women and became close to them all because of the journey because you guys were so much support to me. But having someone also to talk to that had been through the same thing Mm -hmm. and felt my same pain was even more helpful too at times. And so I, if I can be that person for someone, you know, that makes it all worth going through the journey. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, you know, God might not answer our prayer in the way we wanted him to answer it, but he's still good no matter what. Mm-hmm. And God did answer our prayer. He blessed us with, you know, twins. And then our baby Britain was actually a frozen embryo. So <laughs> they're she's... Like they're like triplets. Um, who you're holding right now. Not I'm everyone holding. can see, but she's sleeping <laughs> in her arms, which I think is a pretty cool thing talking about your journey. Yes. So, so we were very fortunate. And I think also setting healthy boundaries because fertility can be so expensive. Right. I would have ran us into debt forever to have a baby. Like there was no end for me. I just wanted a baby. However, is that healthy? Is that the right thing to do to your body? No. So before we even started the process, it was like, okay, how far are we going to go? What is our deadline before we're going to take plan B, Mm -hmm. such as adoption or whatever? And so to us, we were only going to do IVF two full times if it didn't work the first time and then we were going to go to round two and I had to accept that before we started the process because like I said to me I would have done it 50 times Mm -hmm. but that wouldn't have been good for my body and it wasn't would have been healthy for our marriage so I think that was good that Darren made me do that (laughs) and be okay with it I didn't think so but he's more financial than I am And so I think that was one important thing that we really did was we set boundaries from the beginning and then had support and family and friends the whole time. That's good. And 
I know we can all testify to the fact that what you said about keeping hope the whole time, that really was your attitude. I mean, even the whole, even if not, even if this doesn't happen the way that I think, like you were open to whatever God had for you. And I think it's also important to note that yes, God had a plan through this. Absolutely. But the initial plan, we have to remember that we're all navigating through a broken world right now. We're figuring out how to maneuver through a fallen world um, and God works through a fallen world. But he did not cause your infertility. Yeah. So infertility, sickness, all those things, you know, it wasn't God's perfect plan from the beginning yet sin distorted that. And now he's working through that and redeeming that. Right. And I love how he has. Yes. Mm-hmm. Us too. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I just, you know, want to be support for other women. And Something that stands hope. out to me when I think about your journey, we were on our Rockbridge vacation in that one house that had the upstairs and the downstairs and they were completely separate. And you guys were downstairs with us and you brought like 20 bottles and two of every toy for the twins twins. and two seats. And, and we talked about this in church a couple weeks ago, because we talked about your blessings. You know, sometimes the things that you complain about are really your biggest blessings. And I remember laying down one night and saying to Bron, they love these babies. Like they are blessings. And here there's some things that go on in my head about my kids that it's not such a blessing, but your view is so different. And it was so great to see you experience your children as a pure blessing and say, okay, what are some areas where I'm not living this way? where I'm taking it for granted, my blessing. And we can all do that. We can take for granted our kids or our friends or our marriages. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, for sure you guys went through that more positively than most. Yes, it was very positive. I mean, you were willing to to hand wash every single one of those 20 bottles every day (laughs) because that was important to you. And I'm like, well, you breastfed both. You breastfed your twins. It might have been a blur, but we survived. (laughs) You did it. We did it. We did it. And it does make you a pre... Like, once I finally got pregnant... I mean, no one could have told me there was anything bad about being pregnant. It was the most Mm. greatest thing in the world because I had just wanted it so bad that Mm -hmm. you do. It's like I probably took more for granted on my second pregnancy than I did on my first, but I was just... You know it's a gift. Yes, I do. So I think there was neat things that we got to experience that we wouldn't have got to experience Mm -hmm. had we not gone through our fertility journey. And And there are so many women that are going through an infertility journey. And so even just to be able to relate to you and just, you know, you can feel their pain. Like, you know what that felt like. And, um, God has been faithful. So yes, yes, yes. Well, when I think about mess, I really kind of have a bird's eye view of this now because, I grew up in a home where I had a single mom and my dad does the best he can with what he has. And so my ability to relate to men is just always a learning experience. And so I have a very strong personality. I'm very driven. Um, my husband has a strong personality, but he's not also you, Ash. <laughs> not a strong personality. She have an opinion mm-hmm. about how things should go and but you can um, lead an army Ash. Yes, well, yes you do it well it's a positive thing and I'll, I'll run it by the word totally but he, he says this all the time he says I'm just very simple I love time with family and I love to hunt and I'm not going to work myself into the ground and he's passed up many opportunities for promotion because it would mean less family time and I totally respect that so we have butted heads through our entire marriage and and just fumbled through like what growing together it looks mm-hmm. like and in the beginning I would talk about this with friends and you guys were always like okay, how's that going how, how are you doing and it was so encouraging because it was almost like what are you doing what are you doing to make your marriage better but I, I really struggled because sometimes I felt like people would just kind of stop talking to me it wasn't that I wanted to bash my husband and he said that before he said one of the things that I see with women is they talk about their issues but then it becomes a husband bashing situation and it doesn't get any better well I think I didn't know how to navigate it my friends didn't know how to navigate it so I just felt stuck a lot and so my husband suggested that I go to counseling myself 
because he wasn't going with me. And <laughs> since did, it was really great. But I went and she gave me some really good insights and it was, it was personal development outside of my career, which I'd always stayed on top of, but personal development mm. as a wife. Um, I also had done great as a mom. You know, I read every book that was possible. I just feel like I, I didn't know what to do in my marriage. And so I also hired a life coach, which was really great because it's a long distance kind of counseling, coaching situation. So just kind of reached out to people who lived life in a plane that I wanted to live in. Um, I really wanted to be friends with my counselor and I, I thought you can, <laughs> I can't be your friend if you're counseling me. So that was kind of a struggle, but, um, she said, this is probably the best situation for us. It's your counselor. And, um, so I, I always want to be growing spiritually and emotionally and not be stagnant. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a different person tomorrow than I was today. And I don't want to trade places with an old version of me okay. ever. You know, I just want to be, um, where I'm at with the Lord is always so much richer in the season that I'm in than it ever had been. So this season, God really has called me to work differently. It's been fun, exciting, and terrifying at the same time because I really, I can operate in one gear and it's overdrive. I, it's hard for me to downshift. So I read a book, our, a friend of ours who's on staff for Life Church, her name is Angie Ward. She talked about this book she was reading called Fifth Gear or Five Years. It's, it has an orange cover. And I'm always asking what Life Church, what the culture of our church, who, who are we studying? Who are we looking to? Mm -hmm. Who's, what book are you reading? And uh, she had a copy. I couldn't find it. And I bugged her for like two months to let me read it when she was done. And it talked about what these different gears are in your life. It was much different than I thought it would be. But um, it talked about the importance of downshifting for your soul. And then um, in our life group, we were studying present over perfect. And that was something that Jen had recommended months, months ago. And just um, that when you operate in overdrive for so long, mm -hmm. your health suffers and your soul suffers. And I want to be a better example to my kids. So in this season... When I'm thinking about more, more really is more. More is not better. And I love to say yes mm -hmm. to things, um, which we're talking about yep. the best yes. Yep. Um, it's not that I have a hard time saying no to other people. It's that I have a hard time saying no to myself. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, yes. I want to do yes, it. You want to do it. I want to go to coffee with three people today right. before my kids get off school <laughs> and work a full-time job and right. have a thriving marriage. And if have I time had an Aspen in my town, I'd want to go three times today. <laughs> right. So. right. right. So, um, it's just deciding what that new thing. And so just spending a lot of time with the Lord. Okay. What's the next 30 minutes need to look like God, because I have done an okay job and I've, I've always kind of been two steps ahead of you and then ask for your blessing. <laughs> this is right, right? Okay. We're good. Okay. So, um, and then babies were really tough for me really tough. I, uh, my pregnancies were hard. Um, it was like you said, a blur. That's a really good description, but I was, it was hard. You it looked was adorable. really hard. Well, yeah, thank you. you. Thank you. It was survival. You it off. Mm -hmm. right. Survival at the greatest. And I think now if I could tell a mom who's in my position, like this season is really so short and people say that and you go, you're it crazy. Feels long. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, but we're in such a fun season. My kids are, um, you know, just little funny people and they're sponges and they're getting it. They get what we're teaching them. And so I don't want to miss anything. Mm -hmm. The baby stage was surviving. This is fully present. And I know this season too won't be long and there will always be time for the other things. There will always be time to cultivate the friendships that maybe are on hold right now or to hold one more appointment or you know, whatever. So I just had to decide what winning was for me in every single season of my life. And that really has been a mess mm -hmm. because I want to go back into the patterns and the, just the habits and the things that I've done. And so every day is intentionally saying no to a lot of things mm -hmm. to say yes to something better. So I can very much relate to that. That's my big Mike, I would say probably my biggest character flaw is that I want to conquer something new, but like maybe every hour. So mm -hmm. it's not saying yes to other people, but it's my own. I need to do a new thing. Let's start another company. Let's take on another hobby. Let's, and it gets to a point of being insane at a certain point that you're, and what I was just telling Jen earlier today, you find yourself laying in bed at night, stressing out about how you did on something that does not matter. Like there are certain things that, you know, what's my first job? What is my second or third job? It's not vegetables for me. It's mm -hmm. not how did I get the bathroom redone? Like there's things that are just not that important and we put such stress on them sometimes it's hard to 
where's the healthy boundary? Where do I need to pull back? Where do I need to just say no for the season? Just just chill out. It's okay. It will be over so fast. Right. Our kids will be out of the house and we can conquer whatever weirdness we need to. Mm -hmm. But it won't last long if they're in our arms physically right now. Yes. <laughs> so Ash, what have you learned as far as your marriage goes to be, as far as being intentional and pouring into your marriage? Where are you at now with that? In the best, yes. And I shared this with you guys when we were talking about what we're learning. She talked about, you know, sometimes we have the financial resources, we have the physical resources, we have the space if we were going to take in a student, um, like an exchange student, but we don't have the emotional space. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. willpower and um, in that, leaving the emotional space for my husband, having enough left over um, mm -hmm. where it's not like I have nothing left to give you, not just physically or intimately, but even my attention span. And so that with small kids that talk a lot <laughs> is really, really intentional. They take it all. They do. They words. do. And he's been so great about when I come to him and I say, hey, this really isn't working. He's curious, even though sometimes it's not on my time frame. <laughs> he's really curious about what, what does fixing that look like for us then? And so um, I'm so thankful for that. And we're in a great place. We're consistently growing. And I think a lot of it is my need to have something to conquer. Right. Like, I think this could be better. And sometimes he's like, it doesn't necessarily need to be better. We have right. a really good thing going here. Could yeah. we just like sit around the fire pit and enjoy and each other's company? For my brain to yeah. Too. <laughs> and I'm like, but we could be better. We right. could be better. And right. he's like, there's nothing wrong. Or like, not. Just, enjoy just each other. In the greatness of yeah. what we have built. And so. For us, it's really season? being content, and I struggle with that yeah. sometimes. Yes. To, I don't have to be fixing it or making it better because we could always. I mean, you look at Pinterest; it could always right. be everything could be better. more amazing, right. more glitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's good to have a spouse that brings you back to reality. Right. Little bit, though, he's, yeah, have he's great at that. A good opposite, yeah. But I loved how you were so open about seeking help for yourself because it's so easy just to blame someone else. Mm -hmm. So easy, you know, or be like, <clears throat> like you said, it's not me that's the problem; it's you that's the problem. Right. Or yeah. you know, yeah. right? I tell, I work with with women in my career. And I tell all of them that I think it's important to have the openness to go to see a professional. Everybody should get to do that because mm -hmm. there's always something you can right. correct in your, you know, kind of like the correction line in, in the, on a map in your life. He said, I think you need to go. I went, she said, this is a you and Braun thing. Don't come back without him. And so that was really empowering for me. I'm going to give you some tools, but these tools aren't going to go like a band-aid you put on your marriage and it fixes it. These are some things you can work on, but this is about the two of you. Don't come back without him. And so I, I share that because somebody might be saying, hey, I think this is something that would help someone listening, something that might help. Well, don't be afraid to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I told him, even if it's just preventative maintenance, yeah, they say it's a right. checkup. Yes. When I love when I hear pastors say that mm -hmm. we've been okay, the people who lead me mm -hmm. have decided right. this is important right. to us. Right. Why wouldn't we do this? More people than you know have all been to some it's part of being intentional. Yeah. Just don't I always think talk about pride it. comes yeah. before a fall when of you're course. too prideful to, you know, get help or seek help mm -hmm. or ask for help or ask for advice. Then I feel like that's when you're a lot of times it's the scariest place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, switching gears. I want to know what is a life hack you love that just makes life easier? Yeah, if you don't know what a life hack means, <laughs> it means it makes your life easier. <laughs> I just learned that. Which Christy has just had explained to her, yes. <laughs> you, go ahead. Well, I don't know that it's much of a life hack, but what saved us a lot of money and time and probably pounds is just planning ahead. Ordering groceries because I am an impulse buyer, so anything I see on the aisle that looks shiny, I will buy. So you don't do that when you shop online and just planning ahead. So we get to Wednesday night and we're all spent. Let's go through the drive-thru or nope, we already have something planned. We have to go home and eat it. It has saved us a lot and it's made us healthier, but just getting ahead of it. Good. Like so kind of on the same page, like I plan and shop for groceries like a month at a time. Obviously we have to run to Brahms and get milk and fresh fruit and vegetables in between then, but I plan out 25 meals or so and buy all the ingredients <sighs> we can. It's a whole other level right there. Yeah. yeah. It's impressive. Walmart order pick up has saved my <laughs> She's life. She's not normal, but I want your list. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, you can you just can you plan, plan and then just milk start? Plan for all of us? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. the seasonal life, there's a lot of crock pot meals. Yes. It's a lot easier to put things in in the morning yes. or at lunchtime than in it is in the evenings. She said crock pot. In the seasonal life? Seasonal life. It's easier. 
<laughs> to use crock pots. Yes, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> That's kind of on the same line as mine. There is a girl in Piedmont that does crock pot meals, but she just does, you buy your own protein and stuff, but it's all seasoned like together, and she has what you need to get at the grocery store, and I put it in my crock pot, and so I have those in my freezer for those days, like Kat said, that I would just want to go get something out to yeah. eat because I don't want to think about cooking that day, and I can just throw it in, and we have dinner that night. Mm -hmm. That's good. So it's helped us. I'm a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants type girl. I don't know if I have any life... Life hacks. Hey, but she was the first one here today. Right. I was. was you were. Time. Good job. God bless you. You were on time. You couldn't even pull that off. <laughs> we took the two-hour drive here. Why? Why? And then a kid pooped it. I was driving to Oklahoma City for no reason, and then we just kept talking in the car. That's not where we're going. And I was like, hey, are you going hey, to get off? <laughs> no. I don't know where I am. And then my kid pooped in the back seat and was wearing the other kid's clothes, and it just... Can't. Sometimes you're not winning. It doesn't matter how you plan. It's the season. It it's the season of mess for sure. This season will pass, but there will be another messy yes. season. So there will be it's more just poop in the future. Just gotta... So you guys all talked about food, and I don't cook, but my husband does, which is awesome. I agree. So he does the grocery shopping, but um, I do have a really great T-shirt fold that I've showed you multiple times. So that's on here. It's really easy. You pinch, fold, 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 and it's like store quality. Awesome. Um, so then the other one would be, I, and I coach people this in my career when they say, I just don't have enough resources. 15 minutes earlier, get up 15 minutes earlier. It can make all the difference. And for us, you need to say that to me every day. It's yes, a peaceful, it's a more peaceful morning. Cause you, we've all had those mornings where we're screaming out of the house, yelling at your children. And one of mine can take 45 minutes to eat. Yep. One thing yep. on our plate. Yes. So yes. you can probably all guess who that is. And so then, you know, we, I used to be like waking her up and then there, it's pure frantic. And so getting mm -hmm. up a little bit earlier is I kiss her on her head. I love you. You're going to need to get out of bed sometime in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> that kind of thing. I okay. love Just that. Slow cool. warm up. That's good. And I know it sounds great. And the days I do it is wonderful. I just need to get in the habit of it. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it always it, takes longer than you think. Yes. Always. always. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, do you guys have any great resources that you want to recommend, like books or podcasts, sermons, whatever? I like Stephen Furtick, Matt Chandler, and Andy Stanley's podcasts. I always say they're my workout partners because mm -hmm. I'm listening to them every time I go to the gym. Andy Stanley has a series out, I think maybe it was in August, about guardrails, and I think oh, we yeah, might do it good. as a life group. Solid. Mm -hmm. Very good. And it has a whole bunch of like um, resources with it, too, like if you did it as a life group. It has stuff you can. His church also did address the mess series mm -hmm. and talks that was about good. you that was can you know a mess because you are a mess. We are mm. all a mess. Basically. Man, that fits in so well yeah, today. Who can't relate to that? We just did in my uh, unit with my leaders and my consultants um, the Strength Finders. We all read mm -hmm. a Strength Finders book. We did the test, and I realized that Life Church puts the top five strengths on their um, the employees' mm -hmm. desks, so they all know. And just focusing on, okay, I'm really good at this because this is how I'm built. And just going, okay, that's why I'm wired that way. Right. So how do I use those strengths? Mm -hmm. And then um, Success Magazine, they have a podcast that's pretty great because it's it's super achievers. And um, it's one of the things outside of the church world that I listen to to kind of get a, an idea of what's going on just in, business world. in the business world. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, I'm reading The Best Yes right now, and then one other podcast that I listen to um, is called Read Aloud Revival by Sarah McKenzie, and it's more of a parenting, mom, homeschool podcast. Read Aloud Revival? Read Aloud Revival. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of that one. Cool. Okay, so one final thing. What is one word of advice you'd want to give to some woman listening right now? One word or sentence? Okay. <laughs> I mean, not so literal. Do like what you want to do. One word of advice. Like, what would you say? You do you. YOLO. Life hack. YOLO. That's my word. No, life hack. I'm keeping this in. Um, I would say just to be on guard um, in every season, you know, just to be intentional and on guard and um, check your motives um, and line them up with God's word regardless. And mine is to keep hope and stay positive. Mine would be seek him first. I've thought about this prior to us connecting and that really sums up every season. Seek him in your parenting, in your marriage, everything we've been talking about, and your friendships, but when I come to the Lord first thing in the morning and say, God, who would you have me serve today? Who do you want me to reach out to? Who should I be working with? He always 
directs my path. Yeah. I'd say mine would be margin. It's what God's been working on me with. Just in parenting and marriage and life, we don't have to say yes to everything, and that's not healthy for us if we did. So just what, seeking Him again, what, what do I need to say yes and no to, but it's okay to also just be alone sometimes and be with your family, and we don't have to. So true. Do everything, yes. Well, this is also good, guys. Love you all. Love you. Yeah. Me too. Ash, thanks for opening up your home, letting us come powwow on your floor. Meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I didn't forget about the early Christmas giveaway I mentioned earlier. These ladies and I are actually giving away two baskets full of goodies, one to someone through Facebook and one through Instagram. In it are some really cute earrings, the book The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst, the family advent devotional that Lindsay mentioned earlier called A Meaningful Christmas, as well as some skincare products and other fun treats. So here's how you can enter with two basic steps. Number one, head over to the messy table on iTunes, make sure you're subscribed, and then leave a quick rating and review. I don't know the exact science behind it, but this actually helps other women find these conversations and it allows me to know what's impactful to you personally and how we can continue using this resource to champion other women and highlight God's goodness. And number two, spread the word. Tag some friends who might enjoy this episode or share on social media and that's it. So subscribe slash review and then share and you will be entered in the drawing. I'll announce the winner next Tuesday. All right, well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Just as Lacey mentioned, when walking down that infertility road, we get to choose our perspective. So as we head into December, let's choose to trust God, believe for the impossible, and stand on His promises, even when it's messy.